today, as I mentioned earlier, is a service with a twist. Uh, some of you who have been here last year would have been here and you know how it goes. But this is a, a Thanksgiving service, um, which in our community, it means that we make room for people in the congregation to come up to, um, to the front and to give a testimony of something great, wonderful that the Lord has done in their lives. And we are doing that as a way of exhortation, as a way of exhorting all of us in our journey with God. You know, when we hear a testimony, it always brings an encouragement. And maybe some of us are going through the things that other people are now on the other side with them. God has put them through. They are sharing a testimony, and maybe I'm sitting here, and I'm still going through that. And as I hear the testimony, it helps ignite the faith from inside of me so that I can continue to trust God so that next week I can also have a testimony. Amen. So really, that's just the heart behind, behind all of this, but it's, it's about the year. So your testimony could be about yesterday, about last week, about last month, or it could be something that happened in January. But it's just looking back on the year 2021 as we wrap up um, the year. So um, before we go to the testimonies, however, we're going to start with a very special moment of giving thanks. What is that, Baba? So we want to start by giving thanks to the people that make every Sunday possible. We want to say thank you to the people that stand at the pulpit, the media teams, our sozo teams, our worship teams, and all the people that really make it possible that we don't see moving in the background and preparing for us to really receive on a Sunday. So we can really walk away from here every Sunday feeling like we've been fed by the word and filled with the spirit. So we're just going to go through those people first and give them a huge thank you. Okay. We are giving thanks, and, and some of you are here, and you're thinking, yeah, okay, why? Uh, I want my word, okay? I'm going to bring a short word, but we just feel it's so powerful. You know, why, why give thanks like this? Why honor? You know, the Bible says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18. And I just, I went to go look. You know how the message puts it? It says, thank God no matter what happens. How many of you have had some, some no matter what happens stuff happening in your life in the last while? Yeah. You know, giving thanks is not just, oh, I've had a good day, you know, I got a promotion, you know, um, you know my wife was nice to me this morning. You know, my boss greeted me at work this morning. Okay, now's a good day to give thanks. I want to submit to you, maybe when all of that goes wrong, it's probably the day you need to give thanks more significantly. How the message puts that same little portion of scripture, it says, in the midst of everything, okay, been through some everything, be always giving thanks. For this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. You know how people often come to me as a pastor and say, Pastor, I want to know God's will for my life. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18, start giving thanks and you will see so much more unlock. But that's a brief introduction. That was our theme scripture for worship. Um, it was actually read earlier. The scripture for this morning was, give thanks to the Lord, Psalm 106 verse 1, for He is good. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for He is good. 
for his steadfast love endures forever. Again, it's not, it's literally an injunction. This is scripture, this is Bible, this is the word of God, give thanks. Now what I find, found so interesting, I saw a message recently, Bill Johnson spoke a message, and it was entitled this, the, it was something like this, I may get it wrong, but it was the mental health benefits of giving thanks. I was like, okay, that's interesting coming from a pastor. You know, usually it's just the Bible says give thanks. Okay, finish and claw, let's go on. Okay, the mental health benefits of giving thanks. I'm telling you folks, you coming to church this morning could be the best thing you've done all year long. Because if you just understand the blessing and the benefits, health benefits of giving thanks, it could really change your life. So I found an article, it's an article that was posted by the Harvard Medical School, top medical school in the world at Harvard University in the US. And the, 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 the article was published on the 14th of August this year, and it was entitled, Giving Thanks Can Make You Happier. Okay? Anybody have a problem with being happier? Okay? But this is what, I'm going to read what they said. Gratitude is a thankful appreciation for what an individual receives whether tangible or intangible. I want to submit to you, intangible is often more significant. With gratitude, people acknowledge the goodness in their lives. In the process, people usually recognize that the source of that goodness lies at least partially outside of themselves. As a result, being grateful also helps people connect to something larger than themselves as individuals, whether to other people or to a higher power. Okay? Let me tell you about the higher power. His name's Jesus. Amen. And so, and so they, they say it connects you to these other things. And folks, I want to submit to you, in this lockdown, two years, crazy years, disconnection has been the biggest problem people have experienced, loneliness. Thankfulness actually connects you to people and to your, your higher power, which is Jesus in our case. Amen. They went on. They said, research has shown that gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. Gratitude helps people feel more positive emotions, helps them relish good experiences, it helps them improve their physical health and mental health and deal with adversity and helps them build strong relationships. I'm like looking at that list and I'm saying, I could do with more gratitude in my life. I don't know about you. Now, uh, I want to share three examples from this research paper from the Harvard Medical School. The first example is what they did is they got a group of people and they did research. Now, these are, you know, psychologists doing research on the, on the mental health benefits of gratitude. And they asked three groups of people. One group of people, they asked every week for them to write down some th things that they are grateful for. Okay? A random group of people. The other group of people, they asked to every week write down things that really irritated them and they got upset about. And then a third group, they got them to write about anything in their week. They didn't say positive or negative, okay? After 10 weeks, those who wrote about gratitude were more optimistic and felt better about their lives. These same people, after 10 weeks, surprisingly, were also exercising more, bodily exercise, and they had fewer visits to the doctors, to their doctors, than those that, that had focused on things that had irritated them that week, in the last 10 weeks. Isn't that incredible? 
You focus on what's irritating you, you may just visit the doctor more often and exercise less. Another example, 411 people in the survey. They were asked to write a letter to somebody in their past who, the, who they were grateful to, but it's somebody that had, had, had made a significant impact on their life, but they had never personally expressed gratitude to that person. Could be a teacher, parent, family member, whoever, a boss, a colleague, etc., somebody who helped you at work. They had to write this letter, and they actually, these 411 people, they had to send the letter on to that person. So it was physical. You know in the old days? You got, do you guys know what paper is? Okay, <laughs> write on paper, send it, post, envelope. You know what an envelope is? Speak to somebody who knows, older, you know, maybe. Okay, Zena. Zena knows what an envelope is. Okay. Okay. Now this is what they found. Okay. That... Um, and then they did a survey on these people, somehow, these psychologists, they had a happiness score where they could assess their happiness. And it says that these people, these 411 people, they immediately exhibited a huge increase in their happiness score. And their happiness continued at higher levels for up to one month after they sent the letter. One month of just sending one letter. Well, last one, okay. So that is all, um, uh, now this is giving thanks, and this was a research done with managers. So what they did, it was at a university, and they had, uh, at this university in America, they have a whole bunch of staff that do fundraising. Their job is every day, they phone um, ex-students, you know, um, uh, and, uh, you know, graduates, etc., from that university. They phone them every day tell them what's happening in the university and find out from them if they could contribute financially to the university. They're fundraisers. They do this every day. This is their job. So what they did, they got the senior manager of that department of people who were doing the fundraising to select randomly half the group. So randomly, he pulled them out one morning and he took them into a separate room and they got him to express sincere gratitude to them for the work they were doing, the difference they were making in the university, etc. And he gave them an, a sincere gratitude talk. They then monitored their work. And in the next month after this talk by the manager to half of them, the half that got the gratitude uh, expressed by their manager raised 50% more finances for the university than the group that didn't receive the, the gratitude talk. Isn't that incredible? Gratitude can make a difference in your mental health. So I, I, I just love what Zinzi wrote. She said, gratitude is a powerful tool that shifts atmospheres. Shift. Folks, spiritual, there's a spiritual realm. You can literally shift the spiritual realm in your metron through, grat through gratitude. She said, when we give thanks, we make room for God to do more in our lives. How many say, I want room for God to do more in lives? Then he said, looking back on the year 2021, God has been so faithful. He has kept us. Even in uncertainty, He remains faithful. God is so worthy of our praise and thanks. We say, thank you, Lord. The most beautiful way that we have to express thanks is through praise and worship. And just praise God, we, we do that so wholeheartedly. So, I, wanna, I would just want to finish with, with one last thing, and, and this is this. You know, in the nation of Israel, 
they had seven festivals in the year that was ordained literally by the Lord, set times in their calendar where they would come together and celebrate. Four of them were very focused on remembering things that God had done, you know, uh, the, the Day of Atonement, all those things. Three of them were all around the harvest. The first festival around the harvest was first, the, 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 the festival of first fruits, where literally you would come together, that first bunch of grapes, the first handful of wheat that you harvest, you would bring to the Lord and you would, and you would, it, would it was an offering. They would take up an offering at that time. The second, the second one around the harvest was at the end of the harvest, where you would become, that was, I think, 50 days later. So you have about 50 days to bring the harvest in. So right at the beginning, first fruits. And in the end, they would come and again bring to the Lord and say thank you to God for the harvest, but also not just provision, protection as well. Because you know how easily it is to set a match to a field of wheat and you just destroy everything. How many of you are saying, Lord, we, we need your protection? And the last festival around the harvest was actually... At the end, once you've, you've got the harvest in, it must be processed, put in silos, you know, you, you, you process it, you're making, making the, the wine from the, whatever, all the stuff they do. Three festivals, they was all around the harvest. And so, folks, we, are, we, we always give a time in our services to thank God for the harvest, to thank God for His provision, to thank God, and how we do it is tithes and offerings. Now, listen, if you have got some grapes, you know, in your boot, you know, you can try and put it in the slot in the door there. But I just want to say, you know, finances, sort of the bank works better with finances than a bucket of grapes. Okay. So I'm just kidding. We're going to take up the tithes and offerings. And I just want to say, you know, in, in Israel, bringing at those festivals, bringing your harvest was a joyful time. It was done in an attitude of gratitude. It was done as a way of saying, thank you, Lord, for your provision. Thank you, Lord, that you have provided and that I have something to give to you. I thank you for this huge harvest we've got, and etc. I want to thank you for it. So we're going to just have a moment to take up tithes and offerings. Um, we'll put up the, the slide. For those who give it by EFT, you can do it on your phone. For those of you who give cash, there's the slot in the door, okay? If you want to do that, let's just take a moment. This is a time of giving thanks. Amen. Let's just take up the tiles and offerings. Thank you, guys. Yeah, just as we, as we just take up the tiles and offerings, I'll just pray. Lord, just as in the nation of Israel, Lord, bring in first fruits, bring in at the end of the harvest, bring in at the end of the... Lord, it was a joyful time. It was thankful. Lord, thank you that you have protected the harvest. Lord, the many days and months... The harvest was in the field. It was exposed to the elements. Could have got taken out by locusts. It could have been taken out by hail. A fire could have gone through that harvest. But Lord, we, we say thank you that you've protected and preserved our harvest. Today, Lord, we bring finances. Thank you that we, you have provided that we can give to you this morning. In Jesus' name. And I pray divine protection over every single person's income. Lord, in Jesus' name. As a shepherd, Lord, with the authority to carry, Lord, the rod and the staff. Lord, I say no to the devourer. You will not steal people's sources of income. You will not destroy by fire or by hail or by, or by theft. In Jesus' name, I say you will not steal. Lord, divine protection over every single person's harvest. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Um, so the first person that's going to come up is Uncle Walter, who is going to be followed by Sis Ajwa Milumba, who's going to be followed by Sis Lengi Wezlamini. So in that order. Thank you, Uncle Walter. You know how these things work around here. <laughs> it's a great pleasure to be here. I want to honor God today for our pastors. <laughs> I want to honor God for our pastors. Nolene and I arrived here in the first year of the church starting, and we were broken. We needed healing. Pastor Jacques dealt with me. Jenny dealt with uh, Nolene. And today we're free because they took the effort to come and help us through our troubles. Um, so, and... It's been a rough ride. It hasn't been easy for them. I can tell you, when all the people that started to church with them disappeared, it was hard for them. And God has added more quality to us. And we've seen a difference as we start seeing the presence of God starting to increase in our lives. So can we give them a clap just to honor them, please? Thank you, Thank you Jesus. Um, I just want to honor Pastor Jenny when it came to treasure hunting. She always encouraged me. And so three years ago, I started a business selling books out in the felt. And I've been able to witness to people, lead people to the Lord, pray for people, for healing. And it was just because of encouragement I received when, as they taught us how to uh, evangelize. And then... The other thing that really touched me is that they weren't spiteful in their ministry. They wanted every one of us, and still want every one of us, to do what they do. Healing, prophetic, so, so whatever. They've done everything, and they've wanted all of us to do the same thing. And that is really worth honoring them for. Um, there was one more thing I wanted to say. <laughs> That's old age. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I wanted to just thank God for two healings in my life while I was in this church. I had a blocked aorta. They prayed for me, and God healed me. And then, secondly, I uh, had COVID. And during a prayer meeting, God healed me that I woke up the next morning, and my wife said to me, you don't even look sick. So, you know, God is so good and so faithful to us. And I just want to close with this. I woke up this morning. Lord woke me up at 4 o'clock this morning. I had a vision of the sunrise coming up. And I said, God, what are you trying to say? He says, the anointing that is coming is going to be greater than anointing that we've had before. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you, Uncle Walter. As we welcome... Queen Ajwa. <laughs> okay. Morning, church. Thank you. Yeah. Um, today, myself and my family, being Joshua and Shekinah, and I guess our parents, everybody here, that's all family. 
we are just thankful to God for healing and protection. Um, on the 30th of October, we woke up. Josh ran for a 21K run. We were planning tomorrow. He was supposed to be playing drums that Sunday. You're going to go to drums after church. We're going to go to telecom, and we, we made our plans. Then around like 11 p.m., he just got excruciating pain. I didn't know it was excruciating at the time. He said he was in pain. So I'm like, okay. Um, yeah. So actually even that, he said he was in pain just to show how God was with us. Immediately I said, we need to go get medical help. On any other day, hello? On any other day, <laughs> on any other day, I would probably have just given him painkillers, um, go to bed, you should be okay tomorrow. But on this day, and I, I didn't have a reason for it. There's nothing in me that said, oh, this is a serious condition. You actually have to go. Even then, I was telling Josh that actually God was with us even when we didn't see it. So we went. Um, he got admitted. Uh, he had a, it was a life-threatening condition to be operated on immediately. Yeah. So he, on, he was admitted on Saturday. Sunday evening, they operated um, on him, and I just want to thank Pastor Jenny. I, I actually called her on Saturday in the morning, and I'm crying. Oh, Pastor Jenny, Josh, and <laughs> I'm sure she was like, "Oh no, oh Josh is um, Josh has a life-threatening condition, and it, they're not seeming to do anything fast enough." Because I'm I'm googling everything, which I probably shouldn't have. I'm Googling everything so I can see how serious it is and I can see how time is of the essence and the longer they delay this operation, the, you know, it's life-threatening. It, it could end in the loss of his life. So Pastor Jenny and Pastor Jacques prayed with me that morning and I, I really do believe that that prayer helped because the ambulance came and then he, he, he got to get the help that he needed. So thank you so much. And then also on the day of the operation, thank you. Thank you to everybody. Pastor Jenny um, offered uh, to pray with me. So I said, okay, thank you. Um, let's pray. But once the operation starts, I, I, I want to pray by myself. <laughs> I think I was just like, oh, I need to like, I need to pray, I need to pray. And Pastor Jenny um, insisted, no, well, she didn't insist, but she said, why would you then rather, because we first went on a Zoom prayer, and then I wasn't really, I was comfortable in the Zoom prayer, but when they started operating on him, I wanted to pray, to pray more privately. So she suggested, what about a WhatsApp group? And then we post our prayers on there. So I said, great, thank you. Only to find that while he was going through the operation, I ran out of energy. I don't know if it was fear or an attack of the energy uh, from the enemy, but it was those prayers of other people that actually encouraged me. So thank you very much, and thank you for not listening to me. <laughs> and also just the fact that the operation was... It wasn't like during the day, it was at night, and everybody was up. He, he, he went on the table around 8, and it finished at 11.30 p.m., yeah. And 
um, the church was praying with me the whole time, from before the operation, right up until afterwards. I never felt alone. My family was there. We were all praying. And just the prayers that we were praying, so we were praying for God to, to rule and reign in that operation room. We prayed that uh, God may make his, his presence tangible, that even the nurses and the doctors and the medical staff may feel that, no, this was just not an ordinary operation. And I remember, was it um, Doors or she was praying for specifically for strength for Josh um, and for just just strength to his body, strength to his spirit. Zinzi was praying that the uh, doctors may feel his presence. And Josh says in the, uh, in the morning after the operation, they, the doctors were like surprised that he'd actually woken up. And the nurses were saying, wow, he's so strong. And I'm just like, that could not have been a coincidence. I do believe that they did feel his presence and the prayers actually really, you know, did something. And also the other prayer was, that something that the devil wanted to take and make it a huge spectacle and make it a big deal, God would reduce to nil. Because after the operation, there were, there were no complications. Okay, he, he, he was low on oxygen, but we prayed against that. We, I think the devil was like trying to move, but he was just tired and he's trying to, and <laughs> he just... <laughs> He just couldn't move because we were just binding him. We were binding him on in heaven. We were binding him on earth. He couldn't move. And also just the fact that in my family, um, my mom's family has a history. There's five sisters, and three of those sisters um, became widows at an early age. And just now in September, my, my cousin's husband passed away. He's She's 35 years old. So... I do believe that the devil had a plan, but because we've got authority over him and God is still in control. And just how um, we were at the hospital, it was just myself and Shekinah and this old Muslim lady. So she comes up to me. I, I wasn't looking friendly or anything. I, I really wasn't interested in her. I was just in my own world. <laughs> so she comes up to me and she's like, what's wrong? Um, this is now the morning of his operation on Sunday morning. Um, and I say, I tell her what the issue is. And she's like, oh, okay. Uh, my husband and, and my brother had the, the very same operation. And it was successful and they're healthy now. And I was like, what are the chances that this lady is going to be here on this day at this time when Josh is having this operation? And it was just like, no, it's God. It was just God telling me that I'm here. Everything's going to be okay. And how he just works in just a natural way. And he used a Muslim lady, she's not even Christian, just to show that God is sovereign. He can use anyone. He can do whatever he wants to, whenever he wants to. Just to come to tell me, I mean, like, who am I that you would come and 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 just reorganize the universe just to come and make comfort me so I'm just really grateful for that and also just um, the fact how God works in ways that are just natural because I haven't been driving I just recently started driving yes <laughs> and now here I am I'm driving around in the middle of the night with Shekinah 
we, you know, and just that, and I look back, and it's not a coincidence. I do believe that God works. It might, not, it might not be thunder and lightning in the sky, but in your everyday life, what you may see as normal, it's actually God. I'm looking back, and I'm like, wow, thank you, God. And this is, we're driving around in the middle of the night. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. We get home. The, we're getting into bed. The birds are already chirping, but... <laughs> But God has been with us, and yeah, we're just so grateful. Thank you to the family. Thank you for the meals. Um, uh, Susan Dogozo brought us a meal. Even after I said, no, um, my sister is around. We don't need a meal. She insisted and brought a meal anyway. Thank you so much. And yeah, thank you for all the prayers. Family, can you feel the presence of the Lord? Yeah? Yeah? Wow. <laughs> 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 Morning, church. Uh, I would like to thank God for his goodness. Uh, God's word says we must trust in him and lean us into own, in our own understandings. Because sometimes if we do that, we get disappointed. So three years ago, I was leaning on my own understanding uh, where I was working. Uh, I was I applied for a, a manager's post. I didn't get a post. I was very disappointed because uh, I was doing all my best to be the lies. I was like expecting them to hire me, but they didn't. Uh, during the time, during the three-year time that I spent there, uh, it was God's time. I was doing uh, more of uh, God's ministry than my 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 work. You know, there are lots of people who got saved through that time. There are lots of people who got healed in that time. Uh, my office was was like. A, a, a church because uh, my supervisors used to be to be angry luckily my ex-colleague is here Zintle. Uh, she knows <laughs> my office people were coming up and down like for whoever needs prayer would come to my office whoever needs uh, counseling they would come even clients they would come if we are alone I'll just close the door I'll pray for the client or sometimes I'll even pray for the file if the client is not there the Holy Spirit will just give me a word of knowledge I just get attached to that client, I'll pray for the client. So I realized that uh, if I got the post that I wanted, I would have been a manager. I wouldn't have had time to be in contact with the, my colleagues, with uh, the clients. I'll go to meetings. But because I didn't get the, the post, I had to do God's work for the three years. And the place where I worked uh, became a sanctuary, became an, an altar for, for prayer in the whole institution every day. During COVID time, we used to pray at 3 o'clock. We became like a church. I became like a pastor in that place. Because <laughs> even in the morning, when we were supposed to give talks to the clients, I'll find myself preaching, you know. I, 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 used to, <laughs> I used to find, you know, the Holy Spirit will just work. The, the, even the presence of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will show me something, like a video of something that would happen at work. When I get there, exactly the same thing. The, Holy Spirit, the other guy who's not a believer, who just... Uh, Drinks. He he said, "Oh, today Jesus just came down. The way the Holy Spirit came down at the workplace, 
the, everything was a chaos, you know. Then I realized that the reason why God didn't give me the post, he wanted his will, his will to be done. Sometimes uh, his will is not nice. So for me, his will was not nice. And, <laughs> and, and that incident made me to come here to, 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 to be at his people's church because I got into the state where I was depressed. So when I was depressed, I didn't feel like uh, seeing people that I, I know. I wanted to go to a church where I know no one. I'm from Esikodini, Itindel area, but I had to go to Scottsville to be uh, with uh, Pastor Jenny and everyone. People that don't know me, I, I just wanted that kind of, of peace. Whereas God leaded me, God guided me to be here. That incident made me to be here. So I'm grateful that uh, I found a family here. And then this year in July, because of my disappointment, I was never ever looking for a, a promotional post. I was content with what I was doing because of the disappointment. People kept on uh, giving me posts because they, see, they saw my capability saying, no, you don't belong, you don't belong here. You must go apply and give me posts. I'll say, no, I'm waiting for God's will. God wants to be, I was using that. God wants me to be here. Uh, I, I never entertained, I never checked for any post. But in July, the, this one post I saw, then I just applied. Because even myself, I was feeling that uh, my time is over, you know, in the place. Everybody knew about Jesus. No one who works at that place would have an excuse. I was not ashamed of the gospel. So I felt that. My, 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 my work here, what God has brought me here for, is done. So I applied for the post. I got the, I got the post. Oh, one. Amen. One of the ladies sent me the post from the, the institution where I'm at now. She sent me the post and told me to apply and the other colleague of mine. So I applied. When I applied and then I got the post. When I got the lady, I told her I got the post. She told me, yeah, I sent uh, the, the post to you because I know you are, praying. you are a praying woman. So, yeah. Then I, I received the post. When I got there, I realized oh no, what have I done? You know, the place that I'm in as now is a desert. Spiritually, there's droughts, you know. Even when we pray, we hide, you know. It's not like a, a fertile place that I was at. Now, it's, it's a place that is droughts. I used to tell people, it's like the devil has built his castle, you know, in that place. So, but for me being there, I realized God has a purpose because on the third day when I was there, I was sitting with one of my... As, as I'm there, I'm, I'm the manager now. It's not as easy as when I was not a manager. So, because you need to be careful, even when you preach, you need to be like, you need to be wise. So, I was sitting with one of my colleagues, we made a conversation. I asked her if she has ever given her life to Christ. She said, no, she goes to church. I said, no, it's like when you get married, you have to say the vow, you need to say it with your mouth. Have you done that? She said, no. Then I, 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 we, we did that with her. She received Christ on my death that day on that place. <laughs> on that place and there are lots of people in that place they are very unionized there are people who are like always opposing things you know like yeah but god's favor is upon me at the moment i'm the night supervisor and what they do they will give me people who are rebellious you know those kind of people firstly two months ago i, I got an offense 
That's why they want me to have incident. They want me to like to be in trouble. Why are they giving me these people? I was so angry. Then the Holy Spirit said to me, if, if they don't give them to you, how are you going to have an impact on them? So I, I work with these people. We work so nicely. I sit with them one-on-one. -on -one. You know, I found out the roots. Why are they like this? And they are, they are like, they are changing. So I'm grateful. I realize why God uh, closed that door and why he opened this door. Amen. Amen. He must shuheva. Hey, Usatane, he likes to kanasa and think he can just come. God, he doesn't know. Jesus is real and he's got his agents. Like Sisley, and you, and you, and you, and you, and definitely you. <laughs> you know that we can be used by God in the environments that we are in. Amen. Thank God for the power of testimony. So encouraged right now. Um, okay, so we're going to head back into the testimonies um, and we're going to invite two people to come up, just one after the other, to just share their testimony about what God has done in their lives. Um, so first we've got uh, Shaden Gupta and then we've got Gabi Makaye. few of you know I was really sick about six years ago. I was paralyzed from my neck down, but uh, I'm fit and well now, as you can see. Uh, yeah, so this year has also been one of those years where we say, why not? Uh, I've had COVID this year, uh, but the main thing I needed to share about was the progress of my mom. She is diabetic and she has been in and out of hospital this, throughout this year. Um, just two months ago, she had to have a foot amputated. And doctors said that because of her heart condition, she might not pull through. But she made it through <laughs> with, her, with the good prayers. And I'd just like to thank Pastor Jacques and Jenny, because we called him up late at night just to let them know what was happening. And it was just about three weeks ago that she had to go for a second amputation and she pulled through that as well and she's now at home recovering and we just want to give God the praise and glory and honor because he is Jehovah Rapha, our healer and I think even if I die and go away, <laughs> the main thing people need to know and for people to realize that he is our healer whether it's physical, emotional, or spiritual, he is all power. And just like everybody else who's testified about healing, there's always more to his healing. And he will always show up more than what is expected. Uh, they told my mom that her heart is only operating at 17%. But if you see her now, it's 117%, I would say. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, I'd just like to uh, thank the church as well for the prayers and standing behind us as a family. And yeah, thank you. Amen.
Yo, guys, how great is our God? Yo, 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 through and through. Yeah, man. Morning, church. I greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, I'm going to be short. <laughs> I did say we welcome our second baby, Isemina Tinkosi. Um, it's it's been a hard journey, um, but God has been great. Um, with my age, I wasn't expecting. I, I know I look short and small, but <laughs> I wasn't expecting that I would have another child again after Umi. But God has been so great. Um, we were so excited when we found out that we were pregnant and all the plans and. Just around 20, 22 weeks, um, my cervix opened, and the baby was ready to come out. And with, at that age, at that time, the doctors, they said they don't think they'll be able to save the baby because it was already out, out. Sorry if I'm oversharing. Uh, but we, um, by God's grace, I was put on a bed rest, and we managed to put, uh, push for more days and more uh, months and it wasn't easy it was a very hard journey it's i was only allowed to move to go to the loo and come back to the bed and with the prayer of um i really thank the his people's uh, church for all the prayer and the support I, because the way it was so tough some days i just didn't even have strength to to pray because it was painful on me and i was also not knowing what the gen and he, she came early, very early. And on the day that she arrived, we were given like a week because uh, she wasn't doing so well. So the doctor said she's too small and they don't think she's going to make it through a week. And because I have, it was four days after I gave birth, I haven't had time to hold her because she was so small. I asked if I can just hold her even though she was on the ventilator. And I remember calling Pastor Jen, and then we, she came to my house. We sat down and prayed. And I said to Pastor Jen, all I want to is just to hold her, because I feel like if I hold her, I'll transfer that motherly love for her to just pull through. And yes, um, I went to the hospital, and they told us that her prognosis is not good because of the way she came very early. And... Um, so, and then I asked the doctor, she was very reluctant for me to hold her because she didn't want me to pull out the tube. And now she has, uh, so she said, oh, okay, you can, but it ha just have to be a quick moment. And I must say, by that time, uh, the prayer group, um, the His People prayer group were praying, and I just hold her, and then you put her in the kangaroo, Marake, and I just felt like God was just moving. And I could just feel God is just giving her the love and the strength to fight. A few days after that, I don't know what happened. We continued praying and things just went so smooth. The doctors were like really shocked that she pulled out through. And she's still here, still fighting. But... <laughs>
Yeah, it, it's, it, it, it has been really amazing. And I just want to thank everyone and our, our family, his people, for praying with us, for being there for us, for the meals, for the love, for the messages. We really thank you guys. Otherwise, I don't know how we will have... Um, yeah. Yeah. We thank you guys so much for everything and all the love that you guys have given our family. Thank you. Amen. So, so this is part of the miracle. So Khabi um, went into labor. She was 22 weeks. Little Isemi was born at just under 27 weeks. Do you know how that is 13 weeks premature? She was 800 grams. That is one and a half uh, butter, the weight of one and a half of those little, uh, of our butter things that we use, or Marge, t uh, Marge blocks. That's how big Isemi was. <laughs> and she is now, how many weeks is she now? 32 weeks. And she is 1,43 kgs. <laughs> and she's, she's off the ventilator. She's off the ventilator. She's just got little oxygen things in her nose. Uh, but it means that Khabi can kangaroo care her three hours a day. And it's just a miracle. We are so grateful. Isemi, we're going to see her running around here in a few months' time. Amen. Come on. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Jenny. Oh, are you feeling encouraged, family? We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit our website at www.hispeoplepmb.co.za and for more of our messages, visit our YouTube and SoundCloud channels as well as other podcast platforms. If you would like to contact us, please email us at hispeoplepmb at gmail.com or send a message to 061-452-0877. We hope to see you soon. God bless you.